Welcome to the Popcorn for One fortnightly podcast. Grab your popcorn and make sure you're sitting comfortably. Popcorn for One is about to review some classic and not so classic films for you all to enjoy. It may even want to make you watch these films yourself. It's the 12th of May. Welcome to Popcorn for One, your fortnightly film podcast. Hope you've all had a good fortnight. We've got a lot to get through this week. There's quite a bit of news that's been going on. We've also got to discuss exactly what I've watched in the last fortnight. We've got to talk about the box office top 10 and the streaming top 10. And we've also then got to do my main review of the fortnight and then let you know what's going to be happening moving forward. So without further ado, let's start talking about the news. And oh my, there's a lot to chat about. music stop now so let's just talk about this week this fortnight's film news shall we we have to start off by talking about the elephant in the room and noel clark um i'm not going to go into too much details um here it is you are proven you are innocent until you are proven guilty we are still waiting to find out exactly what is going to happen but after i did that huge speech after he won all the BAFTAs. I think I needed to mention about this and what's been going on and the claims against him by not just various different women of different ages and different ethnicities and from different film backgrounds, but also the fact that Adam Deacon's also mentioned it. So it does make you look at that BAFTA speech and the way that he was saying and what he was saying. You do look back at it now and you do think, hmm, okay, so maybe did he know? Did he realise this was going to be the case? It's very interesting that BAFTA took everything away from him straight away, including his membership and the fellowship. And then that his ITV drama that he was in and was about to finish that week stopped. So no one found out what happened in the final episode. That was very interesting. So it will be really interesting to see what happens going forward and what comes of this and whether anything else is taken into effect um, it's proof of me too movement does work so i know it's a downer to start on but that's what we've got um we've had a few trailers for in the last fortnight um most notably the redone peter rabbit and cruella ones for this week and there's also a new quiet place 2 trailer which i think we were going to get anyhow and then he decided actually we're going to play it until we can all actually see it so that's the case but we've also and i know that i say i record this and stop things as of sunday but the fact that we had a venom trailer yesterday for venom let there be carnage on the 10th was so oh oh i can't not not mention that so that looked very cool and the tom hardy goes very well doesn't it we also had that lovely new marvel trailer um where it was all about that we're a family and that we're friends and that it doesn't matter who you are and what walk of life you all fit in together that was a bit emotional and especially with that we'll see you on the big screen for it and then the reveal of all the dates and all the names of all the new films. I mean, Miss Marvel, ah, I got very, very excited about that. No, it's not Miss Marvel, it's all the Marvels. I've seen the picture of Miss Marvel. That was the thing I was going to say, oh, I've just jumped that 
around Broadwater. But um, yeah, The Marvels looks brilliant. Wakanda Forever, oh, what a perfect title for that film. Um, but all the dates have been moved around and everything's back in the correct order. It was also the first glimpse we actually got of the Eternals because we met the Eternals ages ago at Comic-Con because they'd already filmed most of it and we were just finishing off and that feels like a lifetime ago. So that was very nice to actually see that. And also the teens at the end of our Fantastic Four joining them. We'll find out. Um, and then obviously Guardians of the Galaxy right at the end. Um, that looks cool. Dave Bautista has actually announced that he won't be playing Drax any further in the MCU after this week. My computer keeps making weird noises. I'm sorry if you're hearing this. Um, but yeah, so that will be interesting to see what happens there. Um, obviously, James Gunn is back with that. Um, usually, I'd also wait for this, but Bautista's actually um, said that he's going to be the next Knives Out uh, film for the Netflix franchise of it. So that will be very interesting and very Good for that. Um, we've also found out that um, Woman in the Window is going straight to Netflix, which is this Friday instead of cinema. So I can't wait to watch that on Saturday at some point. Um, and also that Cinder the Cinderella film with Camille Cabello and Adina Menzel is going to on demand as well. That will be skipping cinemas too. Um, especially now that all the films, you know, I've just talked about Venom's trailer coming out and the fact that it was late of 2022 and now it's gone, no, it's coming out in 2021. So that's weird that they've suddenly made that decision where it's going to go straight to on demand. Um, Harry Styles has been filming locally to me and I didn't know about it and I spent most of last Thursday walking around Worthing trying to find him. He's been filming My Policeman in Worthing and Brighton. There's been a lot of buzz, lots of people have been posting pictures of him on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. So that has been quite nice to be like, oh, Harry Styles is here. Um, Tom Cruise has done his mahoosive train stunt in Yorkshire and everyone in Yorkshire now loves Tom Cruise because he's been so nice and friendly to all of them. Um, so he's done that and he's had fun doing that and it's been epic and he did it like at three o'clock in the morning and everyone heard the noise and was like, oh, Tom Cruise, yay. So that was good. I finally finished my massive Mission Impossible review. That was good. That took five weeks worth of writing. That took a very long time, but I'm so proud of it. And it's a long read. But if you want to read about the first five Mission Impossible films, because I've already reviewed six, you can find that quite easily on my blog. But the main bit of news, and this is why I've waited till Tuesday to record the news and not on Monday. Um, Boris Johnson came out last night and said, you can all hug each other. Oh, my God. I can hug my sister. Not hugged her for 18 months. It's going to be amazing. But that also means we can go indoors with people. We can go indoors to a restaurant or pub or to a theatre. More importantly, we can go to the cinema. Oh, my God. It's happening. We've got one week left. And I can't wait to actually talk to you about current films that are coming out it's going to be fabulous. And this is where this podcast will suddenly go into its own. It's quite fitting that I've actually now got into a rhythm and episode five, it's going to be episode five? Yeah, episode five is going to be the one where I start talking about actual films to you that are new and are current and are like, oh, oh, yes, that's good. No, I don't recommend you see that. No, go and see this. I'll go and make your mind up about that. So I'm really looking forward to that and, and for this to actually come into its own now. So that is what's been happening in the last fortnight in film news. 
Woohoo, cinemas are open. Cinema Club 2021 is going to start. What have I watched this fortnight? There are 11 films in total, so you are about to get 10 mini reviews and then letting you know exactly what is my main review this week. It's not something that's that current this week, but I want to get more people to watch it just because. So... First of all, I watched Downsizing, the film where Matt Damon goes from being a normal-sized human being to five inches tall. This is not everyone's cup of tea. I remember when I named this in my top 10 films of the year and it came number 10, I had people actually shouting at me on Twitter going, how can you put Downsizing there? Why is Downsizing in your top 10? Why is it not like the worst film of the year? Okay, the final act is a bit weird, but... If you take it, it's such a well-constructed film where it does go from one thing to another and it's all the, is it good for the environment? Is this the best way of doing people? Is this the way human evolution is going to go? Um, and it then puts that into a human situation, but at five inches tall. And then that then also puts that into the life and death situation. Um, I do get why people don't like it and we find it a bit boring, but I really enjoy it. It's one of Matt Damon's most honest and true performances where he's not like beating someone up for years upon years. So I recommend you all watch it just so then if you do get bored, you have then actually seen it and gone, ah, downsizing is not for me. But you might be one of those people like me where they sit there and go, oh, I really like this film. Yeah, it's so clever. And, you know, actually buying an actual rose when you're five foot tall. That's cool. I mean, buying a rose as, you know, as an actual human is like, oh, oh, someone's got me roses. Oh, that's lovely. You know, so when you're five inches tall, it's like, oh, okay, it's a good film. I think you will enjoy it. So um, then um, back on Netflix at the moment is Death of Stalin, Iannucci's film about uh, the Soviet Union and communism and everything that goes on with that. And it's so clever in the fact that Iannucci casts people for their acting ability and not sort of the way they look or how they're going to fit into a story and who they're going to portray. I've always appreciated that with Iannucci. Um, that didn't quite work with David Copperfield. When I watched that, I was just like, mm, Iannucci picking that and, and the subject of the story didn't work. This it did because it was just so over the top and crazy. And the best bit is still when Jason Isaac turns up and he does that coat like <laughs> off his shoulders. But it's also got the puppeteering and the people that are just trying to get over so that then they can become the next leader of the Communist Party and run the Soviet Union. It's so clever. It's so funny. And you can sit there and you do just smile. And I really enjoyed watching it for a second time because the first time I watched it was at Beach Cinema. And... Halfway through, my friends were sitting there frozen and bored and started asking me questions. I went, don't ask me questions to me. And went, oh, we thought you'd watch this. I'm like, no, I'm here because I have not seen this yet. And we like, oh, so you're making us watch a film that you don't know about. I'm like, yes. And then when Jason Isaacs turned up and I went, hello to Jason Isaacs. We've all done my home routine as well. Um, they were all just like, that makes no sense. That makes no sense at all. So... It's funny, Iannucci. I've done a lot of stuff this week, but it isn't going to be everyone's cup of tea. That's a bit, mm, okay. But Iannucci does have a style where you do think, oh, mm, yeah. But 
my parents always loved Ianucci. I've grown up with it. My sister's grown up with it, and we both adore him. So I love it, and I think you should give this a go. You'll find bits of it really funny. It's well, even if you, even if you don't like it, you will still laugh at bits and be like, oh yeah. <laughs> I then watched Ex Machina, something I hadn't seen before and something that people kept saying, oh, make sure you watch this, make sure you do it. And I was just in a bit of an Alicia Vikander mood and I've been watching Frank of Ireland, which had Donald Gleeson in. And I thought, oh, this covers both options. So I did that. It was very cleverly put together. I didn't like the fact that I kept telling us that how many sessions he'd had with um, her in the booth um to see if the ai could be human and well she is an ai you've seen you've all seen the pictures you all of the of poster where she's an ai and she's a robot so that's not spoiling it for you but it's just the whole way that it was manipulated and how he was manipulated and how people were one step ahead of the other and how you think it's going to be for one thing or it's going to be for something else and it's also really good but it's only like five people cast it's Oscar Isaac Stone or Alicia, um, the girl, that's the robot, and the pilot. And the, the end is quite interesting. I'm not going to spoil that because I don't think you should know the end. Um, but the end is interesting in the fact that it's a very throwaway comment that is said by someone at some point, and that's how it ends. You just think, yeah, okay, that is humanity. Fair enough. It's very clever. It really did make me sit and go, oh, oh, no, 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 no. So I'm not looking forward to the AI uprising if it's all going to be like that. But if it's all going to be as beautiful as Alicia Vikander, I think that's absolutely fine. Um, so if you are into your sci-fi and your futuristic stuff, this is definitely for you. Um, then I watched Sally to cheer myself up. I was having a bit of a down. I thought, I'll put on Sally about the man that crashes a plane into the Hudson I mean, that's not spoiling it. It starts off a film like that, and it actually happened in real life. And it was a day where I just watched music. Oh my God, what? He's landed in the Hudson of all places. What? What? It's madness, but it's brilliant. Um, Tom Hanks is on form. The way it's filmed and the way it's aware it's about is brilliant. I like the fact that every single thing you hear them say in any of the hymns or any of the meetings actually was heard and said in the meetings because you've all seen them and the fact that it ends with Sally talking about it and it's just one of again this is one of these films where it's just um humanity coming together at its finest and people going to help each other and you hear that black box and you hear all the emotions and suddenly people realize that actually yeah it's they're taking the human error out of the crashes and making it all simulated and computers but you know at the end of the day it was two humans flying that plane and they saved every single person on board and it was brilliant and what an end line to a film is there anything you have done differently what would you change and they say yeah we'd have landed it in the Hudson but we'd have done it in July because January was freezing what a line and the fact that the actual guy said that was brilliant um, I've talked about the fact that Marvel have a big advert explaining what's going on and that the Marvels is coming with um, Monaco and Miss Marvel and Captain Marvel. So I decided to watch Captain Marvel because it is one of my favourite films of all time. And I just thought, nope, we're doing it. We're watching Captain Marvel. So I sat there on the bank holiday and I watched Captain Marvel. And it's 
proper girl power. I've always talked about this. People, people sit and go, Captain Marvel's a bad Marvel film. People hate Carol Denver's for playing Captain Marvel straight. However, she's meant to be a Cree and have no emotions, which is fine. And she's playing her in the arrogant way in which um, Robert Downey Jr. also plays Iron Man. So I think that's unfair that people are moaning at her for doing that when you don't moan at Robert for doing that for Iron Man at the start as well, especially in the first two Iron Man films and the Avengers film until it gets to the point where he has to sacrifice himself to kill the Shatari. Um, but it's brilliant from best friend speech about the fact that she's a pain and that she disappeared for all years, but she still loves her and she's still a best friend is one of the most inspiring female moments in cinema. I'm not gonna have people argue with me about that. It is, it's wonderful, it's beautiful. And she beats people up and it's brilliant. So I know you've all probably seen Captain Marvel a few times, but go back and watch it again because you will appreciate it more now, a couple of years later, trust me, because I adore it and I appreciate it even more now. That's, I'm not sure that was possible. I then watched Earthquake Bird, which you can watch on Netflix. It's another Alicia Vikander film, um, but it wasn't, it was average. Let's say it was average. It was clever in the fact that it started off as little flashbacks and the flashbacks were out of order. When the flashbacks went into order and then it just jumped about all over the place. And it was like, well, are they having a, or is this person having an affair with someone else? Is this real? Is this a dream? Uh, the Earthquake Bird wasn't actually that important. It was like they just needed a name for the film and just went, ah, Radio Earthquakes in Japan. Let's do that. Apparently it's a book, actually. So that's interesting. But it just jumped all over the place. And then when something happened, it was like, oh, okay, now we're going to finish. And then something else happened. It was like, oh, no, that's now not the case. And then something else happened. It was like, oh. Mm. And it ended with something that was quite... Well, it was important at the time, with which you didn't realise. And then it went back to it and it was just like, ah, you see that accident that happened earlier? Yeah, that's not actually this person's fault. And then she was guilty, but not guilty. But then, ah, oh, it confused itself. At the end, it just jumped all over the place. It was good acting. It helped that most of the other people on the film I didn't actually know, so it made their characters more believable. Um, but it was just a little bit all over the place. And why would you leave your friend to sleep on the top of a mountain? after food poisoning. Why? I mean, they're not good. I know the point is they're not good friends, but that is really bad friendship. Yeah, it's average. If you want to watch it, you can, but no. I, for once, I'd actually say no. It's You have to get your head around it properly to get into it. And then on film four, watched Deadpool 2. I mean, I'm not sure I need to say anything more. If you've seen the Deadpool films, you've already seen Deadpool 2. And if Deadpool's not your thing, you're not going to watch it because it's the other side of the MCU and the DC and it's just wacky and it's just Ryan Reynolds being Ryan Reynolds and that's what we want. Um, but it always makes me smile. It always makes me laugh. And it's just all over the place, but it's brilliant. And, yeah, um, and Ricky Baker... For those of you who know about Ricky Baker being gangster, Ricky Baker's gangsters. Um, it, that's brilliant. Oh, I always smile when he turns up. I'm just like, yes, yes, kid, go on. Where's Sam Neill when you need him? But, yeah, and the fact with the juggernaut and the orphanage, and the it's 
yeah, I'm going to stop there because I'll just go off on a tangent and we'll be here for 20 minutes talking about Deadpool. But that's not even my big review because I want to wait for later on in a couple of months' time to actually probably give you a Deadpool review. Um, the front runner was a film that I wanted to watch a little while ago in the cinema, which didn't actually have a big release date over here in the UK, which is such a shame. Um, it's Hugh Jackman being Gary Hart in the 1988 election, which I didn't know anything about until after I watched the film. Should have done my research before. I think I would have enjoyed it a bit more because as much as they help you, or well, I know films meant to help you <laughs> with the plot anyhow, but it just felt a bit like, oh, was I meant to know that he'd already had an affair and this had happened and that had happened? And it was just... It hit some spots, but others it didn't. When they were aggressive in what they did, it was good. But when we were just sitting there lulling about, it was a bit like, hmm. I know politics in America has a lot of lulling about, but it was still a bit of a, oh, okay, then, fine. Um, but it was interesting to see how what they were saying was basically talking about the next sets of elections out there, what would happen with Bush and Clinton and then Bush, and then that Obama was going to be this, and then um, Trump at the end, um, because it was filmed while Trump was president. It was interesting how they were talking about who wants a president that does this, and that there was various different people since that point that had done that, or various different things that they mentioned. It was just like, oh, oh, okay then. Mm. Yeah, that's a dig. So it was clever in that respect. It was very political, but I think you should all do your research on Gary Hart, before you watch the front runner, it is available on Netflix for you all to view. Um, I then watched Early Man, the the Ardman animation, which I'm not going to talk to you about because it's my big film of the week. So we'll move on. I then watched Ava. Ava is an action assassin film uh, from 2020, which I think four people saw in the cinema, and then it went straight on to Netflix. Um, I thought, oh, I saw the reviews. I was like, but this is a Colin Farrell film. Colin Farrell films are good. Jessica Chastain's good. Yeah, it'll be all right. It'll be all right. It wasn't. It was a lot. Of, some of the set pieces were good. Um, the acting was a bit jumpy all over the place. Um, and then when it got going at the end, you're like, oh, oh we're going to get a huge payoff. We're going to have this massively long standoff between them it's going to be epic and it's going to be good and it's going to be this and the standoff lasted five minutes and then it kept going and then it kept going and then it kept going and then it ended so we had a standoff then we had a lull for another 10 minutes and then it ended film you could have done so much better in yourself you do know that you could have just nailed it and it's the first time I've, in a very long time that i've watched a colin powell film and been like nah that was ain't for me and it was just like, mm, oh, great, wonderful, brilliant. I've wasted 97 minutes of my life watching this. It wasn't that good. Avoid. When the um, letterbox and tomatometer meters say to avoid, avoid. Finally, because I thought, oh, I need to watch something that I've seen before, which is just no mind numbing and just funny and you do laugh at. I put on Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Snowflake, gotta save Snowflake and uh, Marino. You've all seen it by now. Some of the attitudes towards um, sexuality and that is really bad. And you sit there now watching it now and everything and just thinking, oh, 
oh, no, 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 don't you dare do that. No, 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 no. But you do and you sit there and you think, ooh, ugh, no, don't do that film, that's bad. Um, but the animals are brilliant. The guy that beats his carp, amazing. Um, the shark. The shark's funny and for 90s it's like, oh, yeah, that's good, but now it just looks a bit like, okay, fine, we're fine. Um, and... Yeah, it was it was Ace Ventura Pet Detective. It was Jim Carrey doing Jim Carrey and uh, Snow and actually caring a lot about Snowflake the Dolphin. So it's it's bearable. It's still funny, but it's aging quite badly now. Those are the 11 films I've watched in the last fortnight. So let's move on. Let's talk about the box office and then we will talk about Early Man. Time to look at what you've all been purchasing and buying and streaming in the last fortnight. And for once, in the first time that I've been doing these podcasts, we do not have Wonder Woman at number one. She's number two, um, but it's a DC loving in the top three. Zack Schneider's Justice League cut is number one, followed by Wonder Woman and then Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice. So good on them. Everyone's obviously been catching up on the DC stuff. A uh, new entry at four for Blythe Spirit, which is obviously no longer just available on Sky. And The Joker is at five. Uh, the rest of the top ten compile of Judas and the Black Messiah after Daniel Kayula's epic Oscar win. Battle Royale, which is an old film and hasn't been like in anyone's subconscious for a little while, but suddenly that's back into the top ten. We then have The Greatest Showman, Jumanji the Next Level, and Let Him Go. Other noticeable re-entries and movements this week are Donnie Darko suddenly leapt in at number 11. I'm sorry about that noise. It probably just went off in the background. It's my laptop updating. Uh, Trolls World Tour is back into the top 20. Uh, there's a new entry for um, the seventh day. And the Fast and Furious box set is back up into the top 40. We also have movements going in for Captain Marvel, Suicide Squad, and the Bad Boys for Life box set. So that is all very interesting. Obviously, now going forward, there will also be um, an actual box office top 10. We'll be getting that very soon. So in future, what I plan on doing is actually going through what's moved in the film chart in the cinema, because that will be interesting. I mean, it will be a brief look at the top 10 of what people are streaming and watching. Because I know not everyone will be going to the cinema, not everyone's going to be like me and be like, my happy place is back, woohoo. But that would be very cool. And so you will still know what people are watching at home, but you will also know what people are actually watching at cinema box office. So that is what has been going on in the last fortnight for the film charts. This week's big film is early man that's what you're going to get as your review you will be able to find a cinema club review on my blog for this um early man is an ardman production by nick park um it stars eddie redmayne tom hiddleston maisie williams a whole assortment of british comedy and stars and it's it's a prehistoric wallace and gromit basically it's a man and his hog, not a man and his dog. And they've got a safer world. And obviously the hog is so much more intelligent. So this will have, if you've not seen this, this will have quite a few spoilers in it because it's been out a little while and it's 
just joyous. There's something about an Ireland film that just makes me proud to be British. It really does. I'm not sure why. It, I think it's just the craftsmanship of the fact that, you know, they've used clay and stop animation to make all of these things. And, you know, but in this film, there's thousands of people sitting in a football stadium watching them play football. It's brilliant. Um, so it's basically um, an asteroid hits, it kills the dinosaurs, but early men survive and they take the meteorite and start playing football with it and they teach everyone to play it and years upon years upon centuries upon decades get from millennia later um the little tribe that lives in this crater um are kicked out of it because the bronze people um realize that there's a lot of bronze in there and they're sent to the volcano deadlands and they try and get well the main character Doug tries to get the land back but ends up on a football pitch and challenges the football team that the bronze people have bought to actually um, play them at football to win their valley back. And obviously they're atrocious and they almost don't play, but they get training and they have, they have a rocky montage. Every film needs a montage. That's Team America, not Rocky. I know, but you know what I mean. A rocky montage started it all, didn't it? Um, and eventually they overcome themselves and they do eventually beat the people in bronze and get their valley back and it all live happily ever after because it's an Ardman film. You can't not live happily ever after in an Ardman film, no matter what. Um, so that's what happens. Um, it is about a man and his hog. Whole Hognob is absolutely brilliant. And um, Hognob's actually voiced um, by Nick Park, even though it's this kind of thing. But, you know, it, for the fact that he's finally a character and it is like, yes, 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 yes. My Easter egg fact for this fortnight is the fact that there is a scene in the film where Lord Noof, played by Tom Hiddleston, who puts on the most ridiculous accent, but every now and then he just slips back into normal Tommy, just so everything. Oh, oh yeah. Um, but there's a scene where his character is being massaged by one of um, his consort in his palace, and Hognobs ended up in there um, while Doug's busy stealing footballs, and he's massaging Lord Nuth. Um, when you watch the um, extra bits and the extended parts and how they made it, Tom Hiddleston is standing there doing his voiceover, busy going like, oh. Oh, oh yeah, oh, to the left, to the right. Um, and um, Nick Park is actually massaging Tom Hiddleston like Hognob is. It's wonderful, it's brilliant. And it's one of those things that when you see that, you can't unsee it, but you just think, I wish I was Nick Park right now. I wish I was massaging Tom Hiddleston. Um, so yeah, that is your little fact for the week. Um, there's so many in jokes in this film, like, you know, duck, ah. Oh, Oh no, it's a prehistoric duck. Okay, um, the fact that the goalposts move themselves because they're crabs. Um, change for a dinner plate because it's bronze, so they've all bought that and things like that. All the names of all the little shops all digs at other um, either sporting films or things to do with Ardman or British. Um, someone has like, someone finds sliced bread and goes like, well, this is the best thing since, well, ever. I mean, what a joke. Um, no training montage of them all learn how to play football. The actual Galactico football team, but the commentary team 
is so as an adult you sit there and just think okay yeah i've had enough of this joke now but you smile every single time i come up with an unintended pun the replays being the puppets and being punch and judy and when they take someone out by hitting them with sausages um oh the messenger carriage uh, carrier pigeon to send them oh it's brilliant ah oh, it, it's just a wholesome british family film made with the love and the craft and it's just got all the good morals that any good film should have um but one of the reasons why this is my main review is the fact that it this film quite often talks about the fact that your family is important teamwork's important don't forget where you've come from loyalty is better than money and things like that and you've probably seen a lot online about being the European Super League and the way that football owners aren't dealing with their football teams very well and how there's suddenly been an uprising from the fans and there's been a few games called off and a few things have all changed in the Football League and the Super League basically got banned. And the point of that linking to this film is that the Real Bronzio, the team they've used in this film, basically are all the best players that Lord Newth has then picked together and put into this one team to beat everyone else and that, you know, that little fan um, wants to play on the pitch but she can't because she's a girl um, but she is the best footballer of all of them and the teamwork that they all use to get to play the football and, you know, they'll do anything to protect their home and, you know, you protect your football club and... I was just watching it, I was just like, I really want to send this to the FSG group and the Glazers and the head of Real Madrid and just send it to them all and just be like, this is what actual real football's played like. This is probably what the early men of the cavemen are doing at hunting. Um, they are your little league teams who are struggling at the bottom and Real Bronzio are your teams trying to break away like the European Super League. And you just kind of want to send that to all those people and just be like, this is how football should be. Okay, it's an animated kids film, but it's got the heart and soul, which has inspired all these fans to protest. And okay, I've not gone, I've been quite vocal on my actual Twitter about it, but I've not gone to the extent that some of the fans have, which some of them are I'd be like, you've done what? No, don't do that. That's a step too far. But there has been a lot of people talking about it and there should be sanctions and they can't just get away with it. Um, but Early Man proves that all it takes is some fans and some heart and some, the right players and you can do anything. Think about Leicester, the one they won, the year they won the league. Perfect. It's a bit like that. It's a fairy tale story. It's a story that you all desperately want to see. It's just a good film. It's worth showing your kids to. If, if you're American, you might not get this. You just get the humour at all. But it's one of those films where you just sit there and think, yeah, yeah, I've enjoyed that. It's been really fun. That's been good. That is Early Man. I think you can watch it on iPlayer. If not, you probably can find it on CBBC. Um, but it's well worth watch just for the love and the heart and the soul. And the fact that they bring the were-rabbits back, not the actual were-rabbit, but the cute little bunnies that were in that film. They're so cute. And, yeah, rabbit surprise for dinner. That's all I'm going to say. Watch Early Man. And that is that for this fortnight. Thank you all once again for joining me. We've had a good day, haven't we? Um, chatting about news, chatting about what I've watched, chatting about what you've all been watching, and then chatting about Early Man at the end. In fear.
scary in two weeks time when we speak i will be at cinema so hopefully this will still come out on a wednesday i'm not sure we'll see how many films i've been watching it might be that suddenly the films drop off because i'm only going to the cinema and that i'm watching like two films at home in a week and i'm watching four at the cinema so it might be that it might be that this also changes to a different day of the week depending on when i'm going to the cinema and then i can record um in future um the main review will be a cinema club review hopefully <laughs> i'm still as much as boris has now said it's next week i'm still sitting there thinking is it, is it actually gonna happen really it's been a while it's been a very long time coming going back to the cinema so yeah so in future we'll be doing a rundown of cinema films and then what i've been watching at home something they'll be in two distinct list and then i'll tell you what my big review is it might be that i also go a bit longer about some of the dvd films or netflix films that i watch um within the mini reviews and that part and it will probably also increase how long i chat about the news because we'll get more release dates coming soon so that is that um you know where to find me by now it is popcornfor1.co.uk for the actual blog where you can read my Mahu submission impossible review and um, there's tag ghostbusters first man a private war which i reviews which was my big review a couple of weeks ago and six minutes to midnight there are recent reviews i've been posting uh twitter is popcorn underscore four underscore one um, and that's where you can find me there but as always thank you all so much for listening have a lovely fortnight and I will see you again when the cinemas are open hashtag cinema club 2021 hashtag the return of movies thank you all so much for all your time and I'll see you later bye